Welcome to the Revival Leadership Podcast. Our goal here on the podcast is to help kingdom leaders become revival leaders. My name is Adam Croft, and I'm a campus ministry director in Rhode Island in southeastern Massachusetts. I've been serving with InterVarsity Christian Fellowship for 10 years. And joining me is my friend and co-host, Greg Johnson, also a campus ministry director with InterVarsity New England. Greg's been on staff serving with InterVarsity for 15 years. And for the past several years, God has brought uh, Greg and I and others on a journey of seeking him for revival and our longings to become the kind of leaders that God might use in revival. We've been trying to leverage our leadership roles in InterVarsity and in the church planting network we help to lead here in Providence, Rhode Island, uh, to influence those we disciple, supervise, lead, mentor, have any influence in any way, shape, or form, uh, we've been trying to invite them on this journey with us. In our last episode, we talked about how revival is a core pattern of God's redemptive work, and we also talked about why revival is needed in the church in the West right now. Uh, We're witnessing a season of decline in the Western church, and Christian leaders are tempted to deal with that decline by giving up, by working harder, by looking for a new silver bullet of strategy or even trying to update or change the faith uh, to make it better fit with the times. But instead of those responses, what we really need in our time is what the church has always needed. We need God to show up. We need God to rend the heavens and come down, as it says in Isaiah 64. We need God to bring revival. We offered one definition of revival as uh, breakthrough as a season of breakthrough of word and deed and power in which the Holy Spirit moves in the people of God to usher in a new normal of kingdom experience and fruitfulness. And today on the podcast, we're going to break down that definition piece by piece to gain more clarity on what the revival dynamic actually is. So let's jump into it. All right, well, so today on the podcast, we're really, Adam, talking about what is revival, right? Yep. So it would, I think it'd be helpful to start with a definition. And this definition we mentioned on, the, on last week, last month's episode um, of revival as a season of breakthrough in word, deed, and power that um, is initiated by the Holy Spirit and ushers in a new normal of kingdom experience and fruitfulness. So, I mean, without further objection, I, I, probably would be helpful is just to kind of, just to kind of walk through that definition and talk talk it over between us. So, yeah. let's do it. Yeah, let's let's do that. So, I mean, the first part of the definition is that revival is a season. Uh, it's a season of breakthrough. So, um, yeah, I mean... It doesn't go on forever. It doesn't. It doesn't go on indefinitely. And that's one of the things about revivals is that they have a discrete um, beginning point. It's it's clearly discernible in, in the history books. Hey, this revival really began um, when this thing happened. Like, in other words, the Welsh revival began... Um, during a prayer meeting of young people in Wales, obviously, mm-hmm. and when uh, when somebody prayed, "Oh Lord, bend us," and 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 everyone who kind of studies the revival uh, sort of points to that moment as okay, that's where it began. Although there was obviously uh, rumblings in the tectonic plates of the Holy Spirit beforehand, but mm-hmm. that's kind of when the the earthquake hit, 
at that moment. Um, but they also have an end too, you know, just like summer, winter, spring, just like events. Yeah. Just like all, all seasons revival has a beginning and an end. And sometimes the end is, is kind of yucky. So (laughs) like the, the first great awakening really ended when this one pastor and I'm forgetting on his, his name, but he was from Connecticut. Luckily we're not from Connecticut, right? Connecticut people. (laughs) I mean, Sometimes I think of Connecticut as a, I shouldn't say this on the <laughs> yeah. podcast, but it does kind of get in the way of, of getting to New York. <laughs> 95 in Connecticut is the worst, the worst thing. 95 in Connecticut is a hindrance to revival. It's a hindrance to revival. Yeah. 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 But this guy, this, this dude from Connecticut, I mean, he just went overboard and yeah. got so stirred up by, you know, this, uh, this experience of new life. He started going around and accusing... Um, some of what was called the old light pastors. Um, old light? Yeah, like the, the new light and the old night light. So in any revival, there's the new light people that have discovered, you know, experienced some new facet of God. And then there's the, all the old fuddy-duddies that haven't quite <laughs> gotten with it. And uh, Jonathan Edwards says one of the best ways to kill a revival is to start accusing I the old... Say, that does not feel like a very unifying way no, to no. talk about people. No, it's not. It's not. Um, and, uh, and the Azusa Street Revival ended really because of um, kind of pronounced um, experiences of, of racism right. that crept into the, to the meetings. But anyway, so yeah, it's a season though. Yeah. So revival, I don't know, how, how's your math, Adam? Like really remember, bad. Remember graphing, major. graphing things. You know, I think a lot of times we think of kingdom growth, the history of God's people as this kind of steady trajectory of rising profits, you know, the profits in the third quarter are up, <laughs> you know, this, this line up and to the right, if, yeah. you, if like on the, on the X axis is time and on the right, on the Y axis is awesomeness. Revival is just this straight upward line, you know, reaching to the heavens. But in reality, the history of the church looks like a sine wave. It, mm. It's up and down, up and down, kind of like the tides, um, night and day, winter and summer. And um, so, why is it why is it this repeated pattern? I mean, you also see the pattern of up and down, decline and renewal in the history of God's people, like like um, the judges. You yeah. know, uh, the, what's called all the Deuteronomic histories in the Bible record this pattern of, you know, we rebel and then we realize our sin and repent and turn, turn to God. And we cry out to him. Yeah. God sends a leader. Right. Then the people are restored, and then they get cocky, and then they do it again. Turn to the idols, and they fall. And then, so, so yeah. I mean, one one scholar, um, uh, Richard Loveless, who used to teach at Gordon Conwell, said that part of the reason for this pattern is that um, there are these constant forces being exerted on human society. Um, spiritual, almost like the laws of, of thermodynamics, that everything, you know, every... every. And for those of you who don't know, Greg is a science oh. nerd. He's currently wearing a NASA t-shirt. So Thank he's, he's going to give us a I'm science talk, lesson talk how about, that relates to <laughs> talk about revival. I mean, it's almost like there's these laws of, of spiritual gravity at work in the world. These, these laws kind of constantly pulling human hearts and human culture downward. So number mm. one sin 
seeing. It's like, you know, <laughs> I like saying sin with a southern accent. It feels more powerful that way. But the force of sin is always at work in our hearts, right? We can have an amazing time with God, but then eventually these temptations to sin creeps in. It creeps in personal level, cultural level. So it's always kind of like um, fighting against the forces of renewal. Yeah. Second thing is death. <laughs> Closely related. <laughs> the two realities that were instituted by Adam and Eve's failure in the garden are constantly pulling against revival. But it's like in the judges you hear this refrain, you know, and God delivered Israel from the Midianites, but then another generation rose up that did not know the Lord. So even if God moves in one generation, like, for instance, he moved in the 70s in a kind of mini revival. But, when, I mean, we weren't born in the 70s because we're, we're young, right? Yes. Because <laughs> we're, we're so young and s- such spring chickens that I wasn't there to remember it. I don't, I don't remember any of it. Yep. So, so over time, all of the gains that are you know that are made in a season a lot of them can be lost because of these laws of spiritual gravity or spiritual thermodynamics um but the good thing is that god doesn't allow human culture to decay forever right yep it was getting pretty bad before you know noah and the ark it was getting really bad in fact it's almost like there was only one person on the world that really found favor in the eyes of God and pretty bad God. And so God intervenes in that way in a, in a act of judgment, but he often intervenes in by sending refreshment. And so, Mm -hmm. so one example, one, one like image of this is in, in um, the Chronicles of Narnia that um, one of the reasons why many of us, I think don't long for revival is that we don't even know what is possible in a, in a different kind of season. God's mm. moving. It's almost like um, the creatures in Narnia um, in in the first episode. You remember in Narnia had come under the spell of the White Witch, and uh, so that the season was perpetually locked in a time of winter. Mm. And um, it had been winter for so long. People, the, the the creatures of Narnia almost forgot that there was another season. It almost became like a myth. That there could be a different season. Of course, once Aslan started to show up, um, great. So I have a confession. Yeah, um, I've never fully read all of Narnia, so uh, there might be other folks on the podcast like me. So yeah, I want to give a little uh, shout As- out. Aslan is is the Jesus character, the God character. Aslan is the God character in the form of a lion. Right. Yes, he's a lion, and he comes. He, he visits as he visits Narnia and um, one of the first indications is that um, the snow starts melting spring starts to come and Father Christmas shows up hmm. Father Christmas is the British version of Santa Claus <laughs> shows up he'd been kept at bay yep. so anyway it's a season and really it's a season of breakthrough so fundamentally revival is about a breach of the spiritual status quo so, Adam, tell, why don't you talk for a little bit about what kind of breakthrough it is? Like, what, where does the breakthrough occur in revival? Sure. Uh, 
So our, our definition is season breakthrough in word, deed, and power. Um, and these are three parts of the, uh, I guess, of, of Christianity that are kind of usually aligned with different parts of the church, different members of the Trinity that are often pitted against each other um, mm. in, I guess, for lack of a better word, normal time. Mm-hmm. Um, but in revival, they are uh, found to be coming together. There's recovery of parts that are, are lost for different, different sections of Christianity of the church. Um, so, for example, uh, evangelicals, probably of those three, word, deed, and power, we uh, tend to lean towards the word. Um, and they, we usually identify most with Jesus. Right. Um, so like evangelical is that stream of the church that, um, you know, often it has been, come to be associated with like the Republican Party. But originally right. the word evangelical just refers to the preaching of the gospel. Right. And the idea is that, you know, a lot of the evangelicals arose in the first awakening. One of the indications of it was the idea of calling people to a personal relationship with Jesus. Right. And preaching the Bible from preaching scripture. The pulpit. Yeah. yeah. And then the main line, brothers and sisters, uh, usually tend to connect with the deed part the most and mm. connecting with God the Father, the justice of God, instituting justice and social change, and then Pentecostals, uh, which resulted from a revival, um, mostly connect with the power part. And are their their kind of favorite member of the Trinity would be the Holy Spirit. Um but in revival, they all start to function together. Yeah. And for, for different parts of Christianity, there's recovery of yeah. the other parts or doctrines or, yeah. or parts of God that are, yeah. are missing. Um, and it's so weird how different streams of the church often are so uncomfortable around each other. Right. You know, like, like a lot of evangelicals are just super uncomfortable with any of the weird stuff of yeah. the Holy Spirit, you know, or... Yeah. <laughs> Or the the main line is really uncomfortable with some of the doctrinal, you know, biblical doctrines like right. like God is you know really became a human, and right? Really, or the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But like in a time of revival, um, uh the church like when it is open to a fuller expression of the kingdom of god begins to adopt these other streams again begins to re- recover them and conversely like our unwillingness to engage in other streams can actually hinder revival right. yep so i mean like one thing i've noticed you've been at our church longer than me <laughs> like sanctuary uh, sure. church, it was, this is the church planning network we're part of. It's kind. Of, I guess you'd say it's probably classically like an evangelical yeah. church. It may lean a little mainline in that it has kind of a heart for the city, heart for the arts, heart for justice, yeah. you know, heart for skinny jeans and <laughs> plaid shirts and flat whites and sure. IPAs. It only and, leans mainline in the sense that we're categorizing justice with mainline. Yeah, right. We would say that. Right. Uh, just biblical justice is not a strictly mainline yeah. thing. Yeah. But yes. But some folks that came to the church and that kind of experienced um, the charismatic movement or the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit church noticed that felt like, wow, God is really here, but there are some things missing from the church. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. 
we don't really have a strong culture of prayer. Right. We don't really have um, a culture of like prayer ministry or intercessory prayer right. or spiritual warfare or any of yeah, that. Yeah, we, we were deficient in that category for sure. Yeah. Um, and some of the charisma or power, um, you know, that has kind of recently come to the church is um, actually that the leadership of our church, of whom you are one of one of the, <laughs> one of the elders, has been has opened up to the Holy Spirit and um, has sought to intentionally learn about the Holy Spirit, learn about the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In fact, we had like a a, a meeting of leaders a while ago. We Flew somebody in from, That's well, right. drove someone in from New York, in. Yeah. Um, who is kind of more from a Pentecostal background, pastor in our denomination, just to, just to lead us into that because it felt like we just don't know what we're doing. Yeah, we had we had a longing for it, a recognition that it, the folks in our community were desiring that things were starting to happen around that. Uh, some of the the elders and, and leaders kind of came up with a little silly acronym of, you noticed. HOP, HOP, greater, more hunger, openness, and passion uh, for, yeah. for the things of God and for following Jesus. So we brought this guy up, um, and yeah, he just kind of led us. That, that was probably like one of the, the first, uh, okay, we're all in with this yeah. moments yeah. in our church. And, and then uh, our pastor uh, had just kind of had a sense uh, from the Lord to not change the channel. Yeah. Um, and I think that's probably an indication of like, one of the ways that a, a, an evangelical church may need to um, be open to God right. to be ready for a season of revival, that if we're closed off to the Holy Spirit, we're closed off to God doing something in the noumenal realms, got something that's other, something that's not planned out, mm-hmm. then um, if we're not open to that, we could miss the revival train when it comes. So, right. um, and, and, you know, and it wasn't completely, you know, it, it was not easy we're not done by any stretch of no, imagination no, we're not there it it was awkward for us there was a lot <laughs> of like attempting to explain and making sure we had our all of our intellectual biblical ducks in a row yeah um and there are a lot of like in our in our oops i just knocked something over in our church there's a lot of non-christians or people from post-christian secular culture that right. are you know we're just really afraid to offend but at the same With time, the they're Spirit. also the most, they're the most like, all right, this is normal. Yeah. This is how it goes, I guess. We were surprised by actually not only how open were they to the Holy Spirit, but how drawn they were. Right. In fact, sometimes we've had some some worship services where it's like almost like the presence of God just graced the, the, the sanctuary and... God was moving in a lot of different um, yeah. ways through the prophetic ministry, through mm-hmm. the Holy Spirit, and non-believers in the room were, were like, "What was that? Right? What? Like, I've never experienced. It. I want more of that. Whatever yeah. that was. Like it. those other sermons you were that were very erudite and educated were fine, right. but yeah. whatever this was, yep, that's what I want. And we're like, awesome. That was that was the Lord. That, that was, was the Holy Lord, Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, but in a similar way, I think like a hindrance to revival really could be um, if you're in the mainline church and you're really into justice, social activism, you know, and also into kind of helping 
you know, the faith to seem to fit the modern slash postmodern right. sensibilities. As we talked about in the last episode, one of the temptations when we encounter the the decline is to update the faith. Exactly. Um, and rejecting kind of biblical authority, I think, can suck the wind out of your sails in mm-hmm. terms of revival. So the other thing I'll just say is uh, something a friend said recently was in terms of um, the evangelical church, I think one of the ways that God, I believe God wants to move in this next season of revival, I'm not a prophet and I'm not you know, putting money on this in Vegas, but I just think in our country with its racialized history, I, one of the ways I'm longing to see revival is in, um, is in breaking down some of the systemic areas of injustice around race and ethnicity. And the evangelical church has struggled to go there. And so I wonder, could that be a hindrance to revival? Yep. Leave that one hanging there. <laughs> we'll, we'll return to that. Yeah. So it's this, it's this breakthrough in word, deed, and power, and it's obviously a work of the Spirit. It's not, it's not a human thing. Humans participate in it. And next time on the podcast, we'll talk more with our friend Ryan Pfeiffer about how he's participated in a work of revival in San Diego. But, but it's, it's God that does it. Right. And, you know, and that's kind of maybe even a misnomer in the name of our podcast, Revival Leadership, that we're not leading revival. But no. What type of leader is God looking for to kind of steward revival that only he brings? Yeah. And it's a lot like if you think of, a, of surfing, we live in the ocean state and our, our team likes to surf, you know, usually or attempt to attempt surf, to surf <laughs> in the summertime when the water's warmer, you know, on the weekends. And we go down to Narragansett Town Beach. Um, but surfing really is a good example of revival leadership in that the surfer has stuff. The surfer has to have a board and the surfer... He, he or she probably requires a wetsuit and and some basic skills like where to catch the wave, how to paddle, how to jump up on the board the right time, how to you know how to balance. But the surfing would be kind of uh, pointless without a wave, right? And so <laughs> <laughs> the wave here is the move of of the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yeah. So and and what does the wave do? Well, it ushers in this new normal. So um, it's, you know, the new normal, we, when we use the word new normal, we talk about kind of a constant state of decline, right? right. Like, yeah, that's our new normal. That's winter new, in Narnia. Yeah, winter in Narnia, exactly. The new normal is... And winter in New England, to be honest. It's it, still freezing it's, outside. It will not stop. <laughs> <laughs> it's April... It snowed last it's week. It's almost tax day. It's probably going to snow any minute now. Hopefully not. But the new normal we describe is like school shootings, and right. that's the new normal. And, um, you know, dysfunction in the halls of government, that's the new normal. Um, but the kind of new normal in revival is actually a new normal that moves in the opposite direction. Mm. Spring in Narnia. Mm. And... Uh, and, and it's the recovery of something that was lost. Some aspect of the kingdom of God that Jesus came to bring, usually over time, fades away or is lost or was never fully, um, never fully took hold. And in revival, those aspects of the kingdom break into the status quo mm. of the world. 
So I think this is my opinion. What we're looking for in this time is a recovery of justice, biblical justice. I mean, I, it w- that would be amazing. Yeah, Reco- a recovery of biblical justice. Uh, Multi ethnicity. Uh, yeah. So one one in breaking. Yeah. And this is really we should. This is a future podcast. But you know, we've had breakthroughs. Like in the Reformation, there was a breakthrough in the gospel. Martin Luther had a revelation of um, the salvation by grace and right. the message of Romans or in um, you know in the in the second great awakening there's a breakthrough one of the results of it was a breakthrough around the abolitionist movement mm-hmm. and um, in the Azusa Street revival there was a, a new normal of the, the work of the Holy Spirit it's uh, before that I mean many many church not all churches but many churches kind of almost had a a view that well the Holy Spirit really doesn't do a lot today you know it's right. kind of for the early church and and now there are 500 million Pentecostals or Charismatics in the world yep but um, one breakthrough we've never really experienced in this country has been around biblical multi-ethnicity yep and that in the early church you had there's no Greek or Jew you know you had the 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 church at Antioch that was this multi-ethnic, where, where Christians were first called Christians was this multi-ethnic worshiping body. And of course here still in America, we don't... The church is the most segregated place. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, it is. It's, it's still deeply divided by race. So, I mean, that would be a breakthrough we haven't seen in this right. country. So, yeah, we long for that. And... Finally, I mean this this new normal is an is a new normal of the kingdom, mm. kingdom experience and fruitfulness. Jesus says, um, the, "The time is fulfilled; the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news." And um, so that's that's what it is. The other week, actually, Adam, you were preaching on this, weren't you? <laughs> I, I used that exact passage. <laughs> you yeah. had like a little little breakthrough. We yeah, certainly had a little breakthrough. Yeah. Should I, should I share about that? Yeah, you can share about it. Yeah, I mean, this is obvious the kingdom of God came. Yeah, we took some college students down to Houston on our annual spring break trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, normally we go to New Orleans this year after Harvey. We went to Houston um, to do some rebuilding work. We, we take half the trip intentionally, Christians, half the trip, folks who don't know the Lord, mm-hmm. uh, and serve together during the day and do uh, scripture study at night, community time, kind of diving into who is Jesus, why does it matter? Um, and there's always invitation for response. And this has been one of our biggest places where we've seen people come to faith in yeah. the past 10 years in New yeah. England University. Uh, yeah, it's, and, been, it's been a place of breakthrough for us because yeah. 10 years ago, and we, we the, the belief we had was that New England was like really rocky soil. People just didn't come to faith here. And we've ex- true. experienced a breakthrough. Yeah. And it probably wasn't true about here, but really what changes our own hearts and our own faith and our own conviction that the gospel is good news and our ability to share it periodically <laughs> and ask people to respond. And lo yeah. and behold, we went from maybe 40 or 50 people in the whole region responding last year, times that by 10. Yeah. So... so. We're at our last night of this trip, and uh, we have three students who are sharing testimonies from the front who had become Christians during the week or experienced either a healing prayer or experienced Jesus in an imaginative prayer. 
in really powerful ways and they were sharing and then as the last student was sharing uh, who had become a Christian uh, there was just a straight up demonic attack this woman started um, yeah just having a manifestation of, of something happening in the middle of the room and it totally disrupted the night and this uh, is not something we see that often, often. no and yeah, it was there ever. was no like emotion there's no worship music it was, it was literally somebody, somebody literally talking I, I mean to be honest i was in the back trying to take a picture for instagram <laughs> it was like the least uh likely environment for that to happen and this woman drops to the floor and starts yeah, shrieking. Starts shrieking everyone's freaked, freaked out, out. Um, the, the non a lot of the non-christians just left the room at that point yeah and some christians did too there were really two camps of people there were people that were okay with what was happening and in that camp there were christians and non-christians and then there were folks that were not okay uh also made up of christians and not christians yeah um so that happened. We finally were able to get her out of the room. People started doing deliverance prayer on her. She throws up and yeah. then eventually is is healed and delivered. And then a second woman starts um, manifesting in the ladies' room. She's not a Christian. Her non-Christian friend follows her into the bathroom and starts praying for her to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Don't know where she got that idea except the Holy Spirit. Um, and then, so then this woman is delivered and then I kind of... Uh, made this impromptu uh, interpretive moment kind of call to response out of out of Mark 1, where Jesus tells the demon to be silent, and the demon is quiet, people are amazed. Uh, and then earlier, where Jesus announces that the kingdom of God is at hand, and repent and believe the good news. And there were folks all week long who were not convinced, still unsure about Jesus, kind of meandering around yeah. faith. Yeah. And... Uh, you know, the temptation for me was to try to explain this and try to have like a nice, neat explanation mm -hmm. for what's going on. And this is messing with my own world. <laughs> well, yeah, and this, and this Harvard student came up to you That's and right. it's just like babbling 10, 10 miles a minute yeah, and he's trying like, to make sense of what is this and is this this... Like, he's like arguing with himself in front of me about <laughs> what this was and I said, you know, we'll talk later. <laughs> I'm in the middle of something right now. <laughs> But these two women are throwing up yeah. and giving their lives to Jesus. Like, and Love you. Let me know what you come up with. I'll get back to you in a few minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I gave this impromptu call where Jesus, you know, says, repent and believe the good news. And that's kind of what I just ended with. Like, yeah. guys, I, we've been asking for more of God in New England. We have, we've been praying for this, not yeah. demonic oppression, but for, but for the power a, move, of God. a power of God, a movement of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You guys are experiencing that. And yeah. now's the time to repent and believe the good news. And, and this uh, and this and this woman who's not a Christian goes and prays for a friend in the bathroom and experiences the Holy Spirit right. come on her and gives her life to Jesus. And so did the woman who was and, the delivered. Also. And the woman she was praying for, who was also not a Christian. So right. like, so basically, what you're saying is, um, guys, here's this breakthrough. Jesus said the kingdom of God has come near. And most of the time, we're like, yeah, yeah, Jesus, whatever. But in this moment, it was obvious the kingdom of God. You know, yeah. and, darkness and darkness came into conflict collided. in the room, and in real time, you could say to the whole room, "This is the kingdom of God," and every single person in the room knew what you're talking about. Right. It was not like you had to explain it. Even they, the people that were confused were like, "Something beyond normal is happening here." They saw it and they knew they had a decision to make, and that's that is revival. I mean, mm -hmm. that's like a, I'm not saying that was a that that was a little tremor, maybe a, a sure. small. Revival, but in revival, um, that dynamic of the kingdom 
and the authority and the reign of God and the character of God, the healing of God, breaking and, in. Dude, guys, once I got past my initial fear and response, that was the easiest evangelism I've ever done. <laughs> I literally and just read like, Mark 1 and was like, Some of y'all need to repent. Who wants that? And people said yes. Yeah, so it's cool. And like, yeah, 16 people either gave their lives to Jesus or. Yeah, and what's cool about it was there was the amount of people that I. I'm putting this in quotes, you can't see this, obviously, would have come to faith versus how many did come to faith. Yeah. I, I think more came to faith because of yeah. this uh, yeah. this moment. And it's cool, too. Like, not only did people come to faith, but people are, are it's, the folks that did not come to faith are still talking about That's Jesus right. and talk meeting to study the Bible yeah. on campus. And, and students also, that were there are, like, meeting together to pray because right. they realize, oh, this is all real. Like, that was my other invitation, that students get together and pray back yeah. on campus for yeah. a move of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And so, like, I mean, this, this, this revival is a season of breakthrough in word, deed, and power that um, is initiated by the Spirit and ushers in a, a new normal of kingdom experience and fruitfulness. And... You know, we we expect it. We expect revival because it's a pattern in history. We expect it because God is good. But ultimately, I, I think the way we can end is say we 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 can also expect revival because um, it is a sign of what's to come. That mm-hmm. that God has promised that He's returning and that He's going to um, judge the living and the dead, and He's going to make all things new. That's right. And He's going to bring a new heaven and a new earth. And it's almost like um, the eclipse has begun, you know, like we all had an eclipse last fall and revival really, when there's a, an eclipse on a partial eclipse, it's hard to see it. You can't look in the sky without those special glasses or without a crazy box over your head, <laughs> but you can, um, you can see the shadow, any, any aperture that the light shines through looks like the sun is in the shape of a crescent. It looks like mm. an eclipse. And Revival is really um, us seeing those shadows of the future consummation of all things breaking into the present, these little signs. And so in Houston, where you guys were building houses after the hurricane, like the, the light of the future healing of all things was shining into that moment. Mm-hmm. And you guys mm-hmm. experienced a little taste of it. And that is revival. And that's what we're longing for. That's what we're praying for. So as, as we kind of close out this podcast, I want to encourage all of us listening to to look at the current season that we're in and um, and to know that more is possible, mm. right? Ephesians says, um, and now to him who's able to do exceeding abundantly beyond all we ask or think, to him be glory in Christ Jesus in the church, Um through all generations and forever. Amen. And um, one of the challenges for revival leaders is the need for greater imagination about mm. what's possible. Mm. Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones says uh, the, the, the failure of Christian leadership is often the failure to realize the possibilities mm. of the kingdom of God. Um, and Paul prays in Ephesians 1, I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened to know the hope of your calling and your inheritance and the incomparably great power that's at work in us who believe, the same power that raised Christ from the dead. And we're in this season of Easter. And so that's our prayer for us and for all of us listening is that 
we would have our eyes open to know that more is possible through the power of the Spirit at work in us than we've experienced. And to long for that and to ask God for more. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I, w- I want to see God do more than I've seen him do. And the invitation is allow that desire to become a holy, to stoke holy longing in you and to ask God for more. He's able to do more than we've experienced in our current season. So with that, we bless you and we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining us today in the podcast. We hope this conversation on revival was a blessing to you and your ministry. And we'd love feedback. We'd love to hear from you guys as we really start this podcast off. So feel free to drop us an email at revivalleadershippodcast at gmail.com. And we'd really appreciate it uh, if you'd be so willing to go and to rate the podcast on the iTunes store. Uh, maybe even leave a comment. And if you liked it and you found yourself thinking of someone else in your life uh, who needs to hear this or you want to uh, want to show this podcast to spread the word, send them a link. You can find us at revivalleadershippodcast.com. You can find us on Instagram. And we're also on Patreon if you feel so inclined to become a partner. And that's it for now. So we'll see you next time. And thanks for joining us.